1: need to know what's happening it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora.
2: Welcome to the Thursday edition of the In The Huddle podcast. I am Jason LaConfora. I have the pleasure to be joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger. Uh, Carl Dukes is uh, otherwise preoccupied but will be back with us next week. I'll be back with Carl Uh, next Tuesday to break down week 17, but Baldy, we've got to break down some of what uh, has happened midweek here. We've had some major quarterback developments, and then we'll shift our attention to some of the key games on the upcoming weekend schedule. Um, But let's start with what everybody in the NFL is talking about right now. Derek Carr, um, benched. He won't play ever again for the Raiders. He won't be active on game day ever again. For the Raiders, I'm not shocked. I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago uh, at the Washington Post. I saw this one coming, um, but it is obviously jarring, um, and it, did, it it creates major questions for the Raiders to have to try to solve this offseason because well, uh, Jared Stidham's not the answer. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if the Raiders were eliminated, Jason, I mean, flat-out eliminated, mm-hmm.
1: you go, all right, you want to take a look at a young player that I think we all kind of know – what he is. He's never started a game. He's thrown 61 passes, you know, for two different franchises, New England and the Raiders. But, you know, if you're Max Crosby, if you're Devontae Adams, and you're in that locker room, and then Josh Jacobs, who leads the league in rushing, if you're one of those members, and, and amongst others, Colton Miller, the name of guy, and the organization says, we're going to start Jared Stidham, and Derek Carr won't even be in the building. I mean, you basically just throw in the towel. But you, yeah. you want Max Crosby to go out there and play as hard and Devontae to go to sure. – and I know they didn't play well in Pittsburgh, and I know Derek Carr didn't play well. And he'd be the first to tell you that the last throw to Hunter Renfro was horrible. But I'm just thinking about the rest of the team, Jason. Like, okay, you have an issue at quarterback. you got to figure it out. But at what expense? Like, I, we have seen this happen when teams are eliminated, but they're not. I mean, it's a long shot, but we've seen long shots happen before. There's always chances. Things can go right. Um, I just don't agree with the decision right now at all on any level to bench Derek
2: Carr for Jared Stewart. It It's like, well, it's, it's over. It's not over, but it's, it's over, but it's, it's not over and keep going out there and bust your ass for me. But it's over. The boss <laughs> man wants a draft pick or the boss man wants a new quarterback, yeah. right? Like it
1: kind of feels like that a little bit. Well, I, it does. And you know, I think that you know the Jets probably a couple of years ago wish they didn't beat the Rams when they hadn't they were yeah. winless and maybe they would have Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence right now. Um, you know, I mean, you can go back in history here, Jason, and say, but this isn't that situation. The Raiders aren't going to be the first pick. You know, they're right. they're going to be in the quarterback market. Um, you're going to put a guy in there that has never started a game, uh, in Jared Stidham, the backup, has never played, put a uniform on the rookie from Cal, Chase Garbers. So if anything happens to sit him, you're going to play a, put a guy in there that has never put a uniform on in the NFL. So it's just, you know, I understand these are some business decisions. You can't get Derek Carr hurt. We're moving on from them, but it's
2: just a tough message for the rest of the locker room. Such a crazy quarterbacking year. I mean, I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's almost like there's a quarterback crisis yet again. Like last week, you could look at Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield, even the kid Desmond Ritter, I thought acquitted himself well, as three of the higher-functioning, better quarterbacks, right? We're looking at these situations where the right. culture back to Foles and the commanders, who wanted nothing to do with Carson Wentz three weeks ago. Like, right. when they played the Giants for the first time, nobody was wondering when Carson Wentz is going to practice right. again, right? They're back to Carson Wentz. Like, we've seen the yo-yoing going on in Houston, right? Like, And, and, and like, we've seen Sam Darnold, like, he's functioning for Carolina, but he's not doing a whole lot, right? We got Colt McCoy, now he's concussed. We don't even know what's going on there. The Jets are playing shrubber in prime time. Like, there's a lot of funky quarterback situations throughout this league, some born by injury, some born by mismanagement. But the state of quarterbacking, I think, as we head into the playoffs, League-wide, it, it, it's more bad than good. Well, you know,
1: and, and nothing's worse than what's going on in Denver because they literally have a bomb Ooh. strapped to their back with the situation yes. that they have there. But it goes back – I mean, I'd probably say this every single offseason, Jason, because we're, we're already getting ahead of it, you know, with the quarterback carousel that's going to spin. But we never have enough good quarterbacks, Jason. Never. Like, when this was a 12-team league, there wasn't enough good quarterbacks, you know? And so, I mean, Sonny Jurgensen gets traded from the Eagles to, you know, back then the Redskins. So, I mean, there's just never been enough. And it's going to be the same thing. Now, I don't know what these quarterbacks coming out of, you know, college are. Nobody really knows at this point. Yeah, Uh, There's a a, four-month vetting process that has to go through it. We'll figure it out. But, you you know, to your point, Jason, would you rather have Zach Wilson or Brock Purdy? You know, I mean, it's like just yeah. – I mean, it's just – so it's just still that much of a crapshoot right
2: now. Well, it, it does make me shake my head, um, and we'll get to two in that situation in a minute, that like the Eagles could have two starting quarterbacks and there's probably, off the top of my head, 12 to 14 teams that don't have any. You're right. You know, like Gardner Minshew – I don't know if he's the 16th best quarterback. I don't know if he's the 18th best quarterback. I don't know if he's the 20th he best, but he's not the 36th. He's not no. the 40th. He's not the 45th.
1: No, I mean, you know, if Gardner Minshew was quarterbacking the Jets from start to finish this year, they'd, they'd be in be the, the playoffs. playoffs.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yes. Uh, I don't know. Derek Carr is the 26th ranked quarterback in the league. He's not having a good season. He's leads the league in interceptions and, you know, he, he threw some really poor passes uh, last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, Kenny Pickett looked better than him on the final drive, put together a drive to go win the game. I mean, those are the things that you want your quarterback to be able to do. Let's get to Tua.
2: Um, obviously, the, first of all, like, it's horrible for this young man. Um, Carl and I talked about it on Tuesday. There's a lot of sort of science to this, and there's some nuance to this and their shared responsibility and them spotting it and him nice. being as forthcoming as can be as quickly as can be about, Hey, I did hit my head or hey, I may feel like this, like there's a lot that goes into this and we'll find out with this NFL and NFLPA joint investigation. If they come to any sweeping conclusions, I wouldn't hold my breath. Um, but the reality is he's not playing football for them this week. I don't think he's going to play football for them next week. Like that would be really shocking to me considering he's already missed multiple weeks with a concussion this year. And these things get exacerbated when they happen in rapid succession. And it's going to, it's, it, it's going to be a question that they have to address in the off season, you know, uh, 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 about his future. Yeah, no doubt. Jason, look, I was at a
1: Cowboys reunion three weeks ago. And I saw a bunch of my old teammates and some of them aren't doing well. Yeah. And it's, it's concussion related. He's a young man. He's got the world in front of him. He's a great kid. Everybody loves Tua. He's got a great family. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. Like if I'm Tua, like I'm not playing. Like forget about what the, you know, I mean, here, we're always in concussion protocol. Like it's like, he's going to come out of this and play. Like if I'm right. Tua, two, two in a season, and especially as close as they've been from Cincinnati yeah. to last week against Green Bay. It's it. It's it. Like, and then then you do all of the cognitive tests, you know, all of the everything that is possible to see what type of what type of possible damage is there to this point. And then you have to make a firm decision. Like, is this worth? Is it worth it going forward? Like it's you just have, I mean, it's just that serious. It just is because the long-term effects are devastating. And we've all seen the studies and we've all seen the players that have been affected and it's, it's concerning. And look, not everybody gets them. Not everybody's susceptible to them, you know, but certain guys brains are susceptible to these hits where he's, he's bouncing his head off the turf. It's no different than being in a car accident and you just get the whiplash and, you know, part of the cranium is going up against the skull and it's damaging it. And, you know, the Dolphins would be a whole lot better if they just came out and said, uh, just this, our only concern is about the health of Tua. That's it. Like, not about concussion protocol at this point. Maybe yeah, back in yeah. Cincinnati, right. when they just, you know, bounced him right off the turf like that. You might say something like that. But at this point, like, the only statement the Dolphins, in my mind, should be making is, our only concern is the health and welfare of Tua Tonga Valoa.
2: Yeah, I I, you know, we obviously hope that he's feeling symptom-free sooner rather than later. And it it is um, really sad. You know, we're talking about 25, 26, 27-year-old kids having to meet their sort of career mortality, right? And have these kind of macro level, um, where am I going from here, conversations with their loved ones and their agents and such. But, yeah, it, it, it certainly seems like those conversations are in order. In the short term, the Miami Dolphins now are trying to basically uh, shake off a month of a funk, right? A month of losing. I thought going back home might be just what the doctor ordered. It certainly looked like it in the first half. Um, we haven't seen that much of Teddy Bridgewater, right? Because he got hurt very early in a game early this season, and they were going to the Skylar Thompson kid. What are your What are your expectations for Bridgewater? Can you? Know, what do you think of this Dolphins Patriots game?
1: I feel like the Patriots can defend uh, the Dolphins. You know, they they played week one. Tua made a great throw on fourth down uh, right before the half that, you know, ended up being a big waddle touchdown, kind of blew the game open. But I feel like, you know, there's going to be some protection issues. Teddy Bridgewater is not a guy that's just going to, you know, get out of harm's way. But when Ushay and Judon are coming at you, the way they're coming after quarterbacks right now, and the way that, you know, young Marcus Jones, some of these defensive backs – Starting to, I mean, I, I feel like the Patriots, as hard as they are to watch some days, uh, they still do a lot of really good things. And I don't know that when Teddy played, he didn't give you a lot of confidence, didn't give me yeah. a lot of confidence that he could win. But even, you know, even as well as two have played in the first half, I mean, if they're not getting the ball down the field to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle regularly, yeah. they just don't look very good. And you can go back to San Francisco and the Chargers and all these games where they've lost now. And, you know, defensively, they they've it looks like on a roster, it might be stacked with some of the players and the names that they have, but they're not exactly shutting teams down at all. No. And so I don't think you could count on Miami's defense to go up there and say, okay, let's keep the Patriots to 13 points and, you know, let's make it a fourth quarter game. Like, I I don't think they can play
0: that style. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
2: I, I I don't either, and it's it's interesting, the Miami running game, which I, I think a lot of us felt like, well, the one thing you're going to get from McDaniel day one is yeah. they're going to be a monster week in, week out, especially once they got Armstead, right? They're going to be a monster to defend on the ground, and then if he can bring two along the way, like, so be it. And they were bombs away, well, with Yak. They were big play away from the beginning, and, and the run game's really been uh, – Fits and starts. Um, Panthers, Bucks, maybe the biggest game of the weekend. I mean, you've got a division title essentially on the line. Tampa finds ways to win. They they get in that no huddle two-minute and they move the ball late. That's how they win games. I've been thinking for weeks they would do more of that to start a game or to start their second drive. They haven't. If you look at the numbers, the Panthers don't fare all that well versus no huddle offenses. And that's a pretty stout defense. Um, I kind of like the Panthers here. I, I I think they are loose and I love what Steve Wilkes has done. Uh, what are your keys to this one, Bob? Well, you know, these teams played week
1: seven. <laughs> the Bucks put up three points, Jason. It was an ugly, yeah, ugly affair. Um now things have you know, in Carolina is one four of the last six. What they did to Detroit, I never expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, they just they just gassed him so so bad with Dante Foreman. All he ever does, wherever he goes, he's a good back. And I didn't know Chuba Hubbard had, you know, 130 in him like he did. Anyways, it's a good offensive line. They got good pieces in Carolina. They got a good offensive line. Big Ick was the right pick at left tackle. He's really coming on. They got a good offensive line. They got a good defense. Now, they lost J.C. Horn, which is their best corner Yeah. Uh, last week, and that's too bad. They brought in Josh Norman. That's not a good sign. Um, if Josh Norman has to play, and you go, okay, that plays the, the buck strength with the receivers. They got Tristan worse back that helped a little bit last week. Um, I feel like the bucks can win another 1916 game. I feel like that's kind of what it's mm-hmm. going to look like. I don't expect the Carolina to run for 250 yards, you know, and, but that's what they have been doing. They've been running the ball like that. I'm going to be there in that game in Tampa on Sunday. I'm excited about it. But I expect Brady, you know, if this is a close game at the end, to do what we've seen him do against the Saints and the Cardinals and come down the field and put a drive together to win a game. I mean, I think they can win the division and take care of business doing it. I expect it to be close like that. But, yeah, but it's been Murray, You know, it, it, it is not a, a team that's built for the postseason. You can't keep throwing it 50 times a game. Um, yeah. Nobody looks excited in Tampa. Nobody looks no. like the formula. Nobody looks like, oh, now we got our confidence and our mojo. I mean, nothing they do make you feel like
2: that. No. No, it's like hope Hope our 45-year-old quarterback can win it for us in the final drive. Like, that's their game script, week in, week out. Yeah. That's a tough way to go. Um, another critical game. It's not going to settle a division, but it could certainly settle the Green Bay Packers season yeah. in terms of uh, and, any postseason potential. Vikings, another weird one against the Giants. They just find ways to win games. Packers, some think they're completely off the mat, and, boy, you don't want to see them in the postseason. I'm still not sold on exactly how good they are. Um, Dome team playing outside, Lambeau Field. Uh, what do you like here? Well, you know, they, they, they played week one,
1: and Green Bay, I, I get. I don't know if it was a conscious decision, but somehow they didn't cover the best receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. I mean, you know, he had nine catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns. They didn't cover him in either touchdown. So I hope they have a better game plan. But they have broken down defensively. They did it last week against Miami yep. in the first half. Couldn't stop Waddle. I mean, they just are not a good defense. So I, I expect Minnesota can go up there and move the ball on them. I don't know what the weather's going to be like at Lambeau or whatever. But, you know – Green Bay's offense—they still struggle. They got a couple big plays last week. Got yeah. one to Lazard. Got one to you know Mercedes Lewis. They need those plays. They need Christian Watson in the lineup. I was surprised he didn't come back in the game. He must be pretty serious. Um, I, I met him for the first time last Sunday. He's—he's really—I mean—he's a, really a, I mean, a big kid, kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's—you know—he's—you know—he's got a big smile. I mean, he's—he's—I he, think he's going to be a player in this league. Um, you know, he put up those eight touchdowns in four games and, you know, he was just blowing everybody out. He's there. He, you know, they need him. So I, I don't know what his status is. I feel a little bit better about Green Bay um, and taking care of the chances if Christian Watson was playing. Yeah, I
2: mean, can we take this game out of it? Can the Vikings be a sustained factor in the NFC playoffs? Can they keep doing this? I be three straight games. good teams. I don't, you know, everybody wants to put it on Kirk Cousins, and can
1: Purple 8, can his swag carry him? I, I don't believe in their defense. I mean, I saw Daniel Jones have the best game he's had in six years, you know, up there. And, look, Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James and Darius Slayton are what they are, but I saw them go up and down the field on them. They had plenty of chances to win that game. You saw it. Um, but, I, but I watch them week in and week out, and I just don't believe. I mean, I see Isaiah Hodgins beating Patrick Peterson last week. I think there's real concern yeah. there in the secondary and what they've got back there. And can that, you know, in a playoff game, um, you know, shut teams down. I haven't seen, I haven't seen teams do that. I mean, Colts put up 33. I know they were punt block and pick six and all that, but I don't, I don't know. Like they, they look like that's not a team built for the postseason to go far.
2: This is the in the huddle podcast. Uh, we thank you guys for listening uh, to us on the Odyssey app. Um, wherever you get your podcast, we'll be joined in a few minutes by Nick Costos to talk about these games from a gambling perspective. Nick holds it down, uh, on you better. You bet. Uh, but before we do Baldy, we got an old school slobber knocker. They, they, they moved this game into the primetime window on Sunday night, Raven Steelers. You cannot kill off a Mike Tomlin football team. They're they're not only alive to have a winning season, they're still alive for the playoffs. Um, The Ravens are winning games with Tyler Huntley. They're doing so without scoring any points and relying on defense and run game. These teams met a few weeks ago. It was 16-14. Now, Pittsburgh may have scored more had Trubisky not thrown three picks on four possessions. I kind of like the Steelers in this spot on the road. I like the way their defense is playing. I like the way they're running the ball. I like the way Kenny Pickett protects the football. And they have a whole lot more on the line than the Ravens, who will be without Lamar Jackson yet again, Bobby. Well, it's um
1: it, I mean it's just they they just play this game on a different level of physicality. I mean it's it's the the standard is the standard versus play like a raven, uh, you know, and they 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 know what it means. They they and so I I, I like the Steelers. I like the fact that their defense line is healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Hayward is an amazing, amazing player. Um, you know, but when you put TJ and Cam and Ogunjobi and Alex Highsmith up there and you put Mink in the middle of the field, like, they've got real players that can affect the game on any given play. And look, look I mean, the Ravens, their passing attack is just almost non-existent. And you're going to have to throw the ball. And at least the Steelers can go to you know, pick it to pickings yep. and, you know, they, they can win games like they did the other day and they can make splash plays doing it. Um, but, you know, and I love the way J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards have been running over the last month. They've been running the ball really well. And, but I don't think it's enough right now. I just don't think it's enough. And maybe Justin Tucker kicks field goals and, you know, they they crossed the 50 and they're in field goal range. Yeah, But, you know, and so it's, uh, I don't know, 16, 13 game, but uh, I like the Steelers the way they're playing. I believe that Mike Tomlin will once again have a winning record for the
2: 16th year in a row. I also feel like, and all the stories people are sort of looking at there with the Steelers and their turnaround and, you know, the quarterback and running the ball better during this 5-2 and streak and Watts back, although Watts, I don't think really, I feel like their corner play, Wallace and Sutton have Mm -hmm. really kind of stepped it up a notch. And now they've got multiple guys who might jump something and pick it off and take it back a little ways the other way. What well,
1: helped that Derek Carr was making some of those throws, you know, and they're yeah. bouncing off, you know, defense, you know, offensive receivers because they were thrown behind them or the last throw where I don't know what Mink is doing on the throw that it was down the field to Hunter Renfro. But I mean, the Raiders could have easily won that game the way that they defended it. But, you know, anyways, uh, they're, they're just playing better. Playing, you know. They, sometimes it takes a whole season to figure it out, and you know we've seen um, we see Najee just get stronger. And the offensive line, they're not very good, but at least they line up the same five guys every week. And you know they haven't. You know they they've been uh, they've gotten a little bit better. Um, they're, they're not the answer going forward, but you know they they basically have figured a little bit out with Jalen. Uh, Warren and, and Najee, you know what they're doing out of the backfield right now. They got an identity. Um, I think this team is going to the postseason.
2: Uh, I am I am with you. Um, one other game to touch on here, and I think Nick is going to be joining us here in a minute. Well, we um, got to get we got to go straight to Monday night here,
1: Jason. Yeah, because this yeah. is just this is as big a matchup as we've had in the league this year. Uh, yes, sir, so in Cincinnati. I mean, just Buffalo's won six in a row, Cincinnati's won seven in a row. Um, The two quarterbacks are the story. Uh, They've thrown 66 touchdowns combined. And it's just a total contrast in styles, Jason. I mean, Joe Burrow throws the ball on rhythm and timing nearly every single play. The ball comes out of his hands. He drops, whether it's three-step, five-step, seven-step, hitch, and throw. And his trust in T. Higgins and Jamar, and, you know, whether it's to Trent and Irwin for a 33-yard touchdown, like, it is unbelievable to watch how the rhythm that he throws the ball. And while Josh Allen can do that and does do that, so many of his throws and big plays are off-schedule throws. It also gets him in trouble a little bit. And so you yes. say, can those throws that we all love to watch, and we all love to watch the talent and the arm and all those things that he can do, it does get him into trouble. And is that sustainable when you go to the postseason, and you can't make mistakes, but yet you still have to be aggressive. And we might see some of that play out uh, in Cincinnati in the
2: jungle on Monday night. Well, Baldy, let's talk some gambling. Now we mentioned that our buddy, Nick Costos, so that you better you bet show would be joining us. He is here with us now, Nick. It's great to see you. It's been too long. Um, I said, greetings from my dog copper aka chopper Gigi, gg's a big fan of yours as well uh we were just talking baldy and i about this monday night affair um it it, it looks like the, the most entertaining game on the docket clearly the best quarterback matchup on the docket uh are you investing in this one my friend
3: oh come on first off great to be on with you guys say hi to copper for me uh baldy right you don't here. know this but in, in a past life, Copper may have used my New York Yankees' Gary sanchez jersey as a uh, as toilet paper. After oh, I lost he did. Jason a of years <laughs> he ago. did.
2: So Multiple great to be times. out with you guys. Multiple yes, times. You know,
3: that's awesome. Dancing, which, which I think was an allegory for the Yankee season that year. Uh, yeah. Bills and Bengals on Monday night. Got to get your juices flowing, right? Absolutely can't wait for it. Late season, primetime game, two of the best teams in football. And of course, I'm going to be invested in it. Insulted by the question. Uh, I love (laughs) Buffalo in the game. Love Buffalo, which is not meant to be an anti-Cincinnati take. It's not an anti-Joe Burrow take. The Bengals are awesome. Certainly capable of winning not only the Super Bowl, but also they could definitely win on Monday. So not trying to present this as like the Mm -hmm. lock of all time. I don't do that, right? Just trying to be like, I think that there's value in the point spread of the game. Where Buffalo, in my opinion, needs to be a three-point favorite in the game. Like, they need to have that respect to be a three-point favorite on the road. Like, against Kansas City earlier in the season, and I understand that Cincinnati's riding this win streak right now, the Bills were basically like a three-point favorite on the road at Arrowhead, ping-pong between three and two and a half, and now just one or one and a half on the road in Cincinnati. And like I said, since he's on this win streak, and like Burroughs playing great football, also the last two games, I would not say the Bengals were impressive in victory a couple weeks ago against Tampa. Bucks were addicted to turning the football over in that game. I didn't think since he played great in that game, Tampa handed it to them. Now they took advantage of opportunities, but still Tampa gave that game away. And then if not for him, what's the point spread of this game and what's the conversation like if Ramondre Stevenson doesn't fumble inside the 10 at the end of the game sure. and the Bengals yak away a 22 point halftime lead to a, a Patriots team. That's maybe like slightly above average. I think the conversation's completely different here. So I think it's kind of a lack of respect for the bills that this game is only one, one and a half on the road here i'm not saying that the Bengals can't win or won't win of course they could just that i think like there is like the only bet that i think that can be made on this game with confidence is on the buffalo bills to cover the spread at a number less than three so give me the bills laying the point let me over. ask you this
1: which i mean i obviously these are two of the best quarterbacks in the league but is there one when you look at the point spread here that you trust more in a big spot to go down the game and win the game or lose a game
3: uh, I trust both of them if like I had like life on the line, maybe like a, a slight nod towards Burrow. But like that's but like that's not what the game is, though, right? I mean that, that's why you take like the point spread and everything else into account here, right? So I, I'd say like maybe I trust Burrow a little bit more in that spot. But I mean Josh Allen's done it in huge spots. Like, I mean, what's the conversation like about Josh Allen if Mahomes doesn't do what Mahomes did in the divisional round with 13 seconds to go and Allen has to come back to win that game in the final drive the touchdown to Gabe Davis? So I, I probably trust Burrow a little bit more, but I also trust Josh Allen and I like the Bills as a complete football team more than I like the Cincinnati Bengals here, Cincy he, again the last couple wins like could have easily been losses easily against better opposition the bills are that opposition i think the bills go into cincinnati and get a win and i think they win by three points or more
2: we'll get to some other key games for the weekend in a minute but does it give you any pause? any pops that the mighty zach taylor is 12 and 3 against the number this year and 20 and 3 against the spread the cincinnati bengals in their last twenty three games, including the playoffs, which to me is astounding, remarkable. I mean, Zach Taylor should be the Vegas coach of the year.
3: Well, I mean, I, if his quarterback were not Joe Burrow, I don't. I, I mean, maybe like we should give the credit to Joe Burrow a little no, bit. Maybe but the coach I, gets the wins too. I mean, sure. i been like the defensive coordinator who, by the way, is a fellow Paizan from New He's York, Lua Rumo, so absolutely yeah. love him. He, he should get some credit as well. But, I mean, yeah, like they've been great against the spread. Does that matter for this game? This is, That's the kind of, like, trend where, like, I think we'll get given out. and like, means nothing to me because it has nothing to do with the game that's going to be played on Monday night. Now, JLC – if the Bengals were like three and a half in the game, I would mm-hmm. bet Cincinnati. Like it's a point spread conversation, right? Where the yep. Bills, I don't think should be favored by more than three, but I think the point spread does have to be three. It's less than three. Three is the number that games land on the most. You think about scoring in the NFL. It's not even a math conversation. It's just like anyone that watches football right. can know that. Ergo, I think Buffalo is the bet in the game.
2: Vikings, Packers, another one with massive implications. Certainly... For Green Bay, are you riding with Aaron Rodgers here? Are you buying this Packers revival?
3: Can I, can I get you guys to do this with me? Can we do it in synchronization? Are you ready? Yeah. In three, two, one. Skull. Skull. <laughs> Skull. Yeah. Not me, doing it. Me, I'm not ready. doing it yet. I don't Maybe. trust that
1: defense, Nick, in Minnesota. Well,
3: well I'll say this, Baldy. I don't trust the Packers' defense.
1: No, Tua, definitely. I don't either. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you on that all the way, Nick.
3: Now, you, Nick, Baldy, you came on You Better You Bet last week, and you said that you thought the Dolphins could score 40 on the Packers, which, yeah. by the way, I think absolutely would have they would have. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree if, if, with you. If Tua exactly. wasn't,
1: like, yes. bounced off the turf, they would have scored 40.
3: That's exactly the point that I'm going to make. I 100% agree with you, that Miami wins that game, maybe going away if Tua doesn't get concussed. He had five
1: completions, Nick. For 192 yards, they weren't halfway through the second quarter.
3: Uh, Agreed. Uh, Absolutely 1,000% agree. He's throwing these interceptions, and I'm watching the game being like, what the hell is this guy doing? Well, his his brain is scrambled, right? And I don't mean to make light of it, but he's not in it. He's not in his right mind. So that's why he's throwing these terrible picks. So I think that the point spread of this game and the thought on this game is a little bit clouded by the fact that Miami would have scored 40 on the Packers if Tua doesn't get concussed. Now, I'm not saying the Vikings defense is the 2,000 Ravens or the 85 Bears. Of course, they're not. And that's why the total's going up in this game as a result. Why it's sitting almost at 50 now and that total's been bet up, guys, over the course of the week. I would only bet the over in the game. But if the point spread is going to be 3.5, which it currently is, Green Bay a a 3.5 point favorite, the only way that I Want to look here is is towards the Minnesota Vikings. Now I'd love to know if Christian Watson's going to play in the game. Yeah, Hip right. injury didn't practice on Wednesday. Is like maybe he practices in a limited fashion on Thursday or Friday, which would put him on track to play on Sunday. But if he doesn't play, like Romeo Dobbs is okay. But yeah. you lose a lot of explosiveness, obviously, so with Christian Watson. Yeah. The number's going to be three and a half. It's an easy bet for me on the Minnesota Vikings plus the three and a half. I think the Vikings can win this game. And I don't think the Vikings are great. I do think they're fraudulent yeah. for what their record is. But, mm-hmm. like, they're not a bad team. I- I'll take the Vikings here, guys.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll disagree with that.
2: Baldy and I were also just talking about Steelers-Ravens. We both presented a pretty strong case for Mike Tomlin's guys who have – way more motivation in this game than the Ravens do um, to take care of some business here and win what, I mean, if you've been riding the under the Ravens, you're banking, baby. And these two teams, the under is 20 and 10 between them this year. And I'm not necessarily thinking either offense bounces back big time, Nick, in a rivalry game where the defenses are very familiar with what the other team's trying to do
3: believe it or not, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to bet it, but I think I'd bet the over here. Like the weather is going to be like unseasonably warm basically yeah. across the board this weekend, not going to be a super cold game. And looking back at the game, these two teams played uh, a couple weeks ago that the Ravens won 16, 14 could have been a lot higher scoring, like red zone turnovers, like, like a lot of inefficiency in that game. I think this game might be a little higher scoring than the market would indicate. I don't necessarily want to put my money where my mouth is. That's just my thought on the total of the game. As far as betting it, so earlier in the week, guys, this sat at Baltimore is more than a three-point favorite. And as we do this right now, it looks like Tyler Huntley's going to play. Like the yeah. betting market says Tyler Huntley's going to play. Lamar didn't practice on Wednesday. John yeah. Harbaugh is kind of being tongue-in-cheek at the press conferences as to whether Lamar is going to play. My guess is it's going to be Tyler Huntley. And again, the betting market says it's going to be Huntley with the point spread now below three. Baltimore, two and a two-and-a-half point favorite. So if you liked Pittsburgh in the game, you're the person listening to this. Like the time to bet the Steelers was a couple of days ago. Now with the number sitting below three, I would still only bet Pittsburgh it's a low total game so you can take two and a half in a low total game they could land one or two more often than not so I would still bet the Steelers plus the two and a half but my preferred bet now that the number is below three you could bet the money line as well JLC I I love I like Steelers on the money line sure I I also think Pittsburgh's going to win the game I think the best bet though involving the Steelers in this game If you tease the Steelers, right, a six-point teaser, and tease Pittsburgh now up to plus eight and a half, where if the Steelers lose by three or seven, you win your bet. And a game with a total of 35, with Tyler Huntley likely to start. Even if the Steelers lose, are they getting blown out in the game? Are they losing by 10? Probably not. You probably win that leg, right? And I would pair the Steelers with the Seattle Seahawks at home against the Jets, where even if the Jets are going to win with Mike White as the quarterback at Seattle, are they beating the Seahawks by eight points or more in the game? In a game that Seattle has to win in that environment there in the Pacific Northwest, I say no. So the super bowl 40 memorial teaser shout out to Daryl Jackson, Willie Parker, and the officials, the Steelers and the Seahawks, two team six point teaser. And I agree with you, Jason. I do think the Steelers will win. And my guy, Kenny Pickett, looking like a young Eli Manning winning the game on Christmas Eve against the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: We've talked Uh some good ball. Let's talk some bad ball. Let's get into some of these ugly ones. 49ers Raiders. This number has gone crazy. Since they're gonna finished. be listed, be honest
1: with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I can't it, imagine throwing Jared Stidham in against the 49ers defense. And I mean, Nick Bowser right now is not sleeping. I mean, he's just thinking about sack records. And I mean, this one, this type of game where defensive players get their numbers, whether it's forced fumbles, interceptions, sacks. I mean, that's they're drooling right now. Yeah, they're just absolutely drooling.
3: I uh here's my thought. I think Josh McDaniel should be in prison for what he's done to the Raiders this year, like this, yeah. they're they're going to finish six and 11. They should be 11 and six by the end of the season. He's done. He's I, he's done the, he might be the worst coach. He might be worse than Nathaniel Hackett and also destroying fantasy teams with Devontae Adams, like me in the fantasy football, Super this which I know people don't care about, but <laughs> I do. It's, it screws me and screws a lot of people. Um, The number has been bet out to 10 Baldy. So like for sports betters, I I don't know what I want to do here. The time to bet San Francisco was a couple days ago. To be 10 on the road. Like, think about this. Dallas is 12 and a half on the road on Thursday night against Tennessee Right in, in, in a fake game where Tennessee is like punting the game because it doesn't matter. and It is not going to play a lot of their guys. Right. And so it's San Francisco's 10 on the road in Vegas. So like, it's a big deal for a team to be this big of a road favorite in the national football league. Like, I, I guess I would only bet San Francisco in the game, but it's not a real football game. Like what happens if San Francisco gets a big, like what, why would Kyle Shanahan like leave the starters in? Like they, he might pull, he might pull everybody. So I, I guess I would only bet San Francisco. But uh, the time to bet San Francisco was a couple of days ago. Like that time has since evaporated with the point right. spread now being a ten.
2: A game that I think will be fun and entertaining, and these teams often play games that the the the, the script and the flow goes crazy. Lions Bears they put up sixty one out in the elements right earlier this year. Fields ran wild. Now he's on a fast track. They're in that dome where Jared Goff, number two ranked quarterback in the league at home. He's top three in passer yards at home. He's number one in touchdowns thrown at home. He's number one in TD to interception ratio at home. I think this one goes over, Nick. I I think this is a game that could be scored in the, each team could get the 30. I don't buy either defense. Um, I'm I'm pretty strong on the over here. How do you see this game?
3: Yeah, total of 52. Betting market agrees with you, JLC. This is going to be a high-scoring game. If I had to bet it, I would only bet the over. Um, I have a preferred play, though, and it would be to take the six with the Chicago Bears now that the number is going to be at six. Um, Just something to consider here. I don't know how it's going to play out and manifest itself. The the Bears are very much like neck and neck here in the race for the number one overall pick in the draft. We'll we'll see what the Texans do on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that doesn't necessarily matter to the Jaguars with Week 18 being a win and in for the division against the Tennessee Titans. Matt Eberflus is saying the right things, like we're going to play fields the final two games. We're trying to win. I wonder if like the carrots in front of them for the number one overall pick, and then they can either like take Will Anderson or defensive player of choice, yeah. or trade like to a team that wants to get their quarterback. If the motivation is going to be changed so I don't know what's going to happen like are they really going to go all out to try to win this game I'm going to assume that what he's saying is true and that they're trying to win and they're playing to win Fields is going to play the whole game and and Baldy I'm sure like knows Ebra Flues and like, or knows people there and can kind of probably speak better to that than I can um, for me now that the number's at six Which again, think about the extra point being moved back. Like six becomes more of a key number Hmm. now with more extra points being missed. It's only Chicago here. Where even if Detroit goes up big, and we saw this, right? The Bears went up big against the Lions. The Lions came back in that game to win by one. Thirty-one thirty. like why can't Justin Fields a singular talent like bring the Bears back in this game also the Lions are still allowing rushing yards to Chuba Hubbard Blackshear Deontay Foreman and the Panthers like why can't David Montgomery Khalil Herbert and Justin Fields run for 250 yards in this game against the bad Lions run defense Bears plus six is my play in this game Hopefully. anything
2: else uh leap out at you Nick about this week's card uh before we wrap this up
3: sure uh baldy said this on you better you bet on wednesday i could not agree more we talked about this on tuesday when we came back from from a little bit of a christmas layoff um the fact that jc horn is out for the panthers with that wrist injury and like they literally signed josh norman like literally from a coffee shop like to play in this game is really problematic where i would guess that tampa I don't know why they would run the ball a lot in this game. I think they have a significant advantage throwing the ball. It's it's what they want to do here. I think Brady will have success throwing the ball, and the Panthers' bread and butter is the run game, and like not as easy to do against Tampa's defensive front as it is against mm-hmm. other teams. So I think the on-field handicap really like leads to a to a Tampa win and a cover here, and Tampa clinching the NFC South before they get obliterated by the Cowboys probably in the uh, in the wild card rounds, and then the Patriots and the Dolphins. So New England's been bet out to a three-point favorite. People that listen to you better, you bet. We laid two and a half with New England before Tua was ruled out because we just felt there's no way you can play this guy. I don't think he plays the rest of the year. I don't know how you can play him if you're Miami. No, we already, the-
1: we, we, we've discussed this, Nick. Like, yeah, he's got to just forget yeah. about it. Yeah.
3: Um, From what we've seen from Teddy Bridgewater, and people will bring, oh, well, Bridgewater's just great against a spread quarterback. Like, also, like, I, I don't like – personally his fit in this offense i don't think he can execute the offense the way Tua can it's not even that like i love the patriots i just like don't like teddy bridgewater and i think the dolphins are on the way down new england would be the only side i would look at in that game against the dolphins and uh this is just my thought and i'll just throw this out not really a betting take steven ross is 82 years old sean payton's out there tom brady's Mm -hmm. gonna be out there the dolphins might lose out six to close the year finish eight and nine i wouldn't be shocked if he fired mike mcdaniel hired sean payton and tried to recruit tom brady I'm just throwing that out there. That's just my opinion. Not saying it's going to happen.
2: Wouldn't shock me. He's he's gone there before. If you're going to give up all those picks, right? And give up all that money for tampering not to get them, you might as well just go out and get them.
1: <laughs>
2: right? Despite you my- paid the price and you didn't even get it. No. Be, yeah, you no just get it's him. just
1: a one-year package deal.
2: Well, you got to throw some deal. draft picks, right? At Mickey Loomis' falder, you got to give you got to you got to figure out the trade compensation for Sean Payton. Yeah. He's not an unrestricted free agent. But Tom Brady is so, yeah. I'm with uh, you. I, I don't. I think,
0: I, I think those
2: things you. will swirl out there for quite a while. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. Well, Nick, we thank you for joining us. As always, you can listen to Nick on the You Better You Bet uh, shows uh, throughout the Odyssey Network, QL, the whole nine yards. Um, <laughs> copper wants us to wrap this up. All right, wrap I told it up. You <laughs> <you'd> get your <laughs> copper fixed.
3: <Nick>. I hate <laughs> that <though>. I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> he <laughs> knows. <laughs>
3: say so, yeah, he does yeah
2: <laughs> he's, he's, right. he's, yeah he wants his Gary Sanchez uh we thank you guys for listening for Jason for Brian baldinger this has been the in the huddle podcast we'll be back next Tuesday.